Hallelujah. Let's give those hand claps unto the Lord and bless the Lord for his goodness. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We give you honor and praise. Zion, of Zion, Zion, Jesus, you are Jesus. He's the King. He's the King of Zion. You're the Lion of Judah, and we worship you this morning. Father, we declare, may you reign this morning, Lord, as uh, we sit together to share your word. Reign in our hearts, reign in our lives, such as this morning. Speak to us, inspire us, lift us up, strengthen us, Lord. Show us the way of God, Father. We surrender this moment, Lord, into your hands. And I pray, Father, as I share your word, that you shall give me the utterance to speak from your heart and not from my mind. I give you all the glory. We give you all the praise because it all belongs to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. You can have your seat. You can take your seat. Oops. Thank you, choir, for joining me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to thank the Lord um, for this wonderful moment. I cannot take it for granted um, that uh, God has allowed us, allowed me to be here this morning. It's, a, it's an honor. It's also a privilege. I also want to appreciate the leadership uh, of this ministry, um, Papa and Mama, um, for this great opportunity, but also for showing us the way and uh, bringing us to where we are. Amen. Amen. Yeah, today we will be sharing a few scriptures. I pray that God enables me to manage my time well, um, such that we can be able to get what we need to get. And so let's just read some scriptures so we're able to save time. <clears throat> Apologies for my voice. Friday was such a wonderful uh, evening. Amen. And I, I, I decided whether I choose between singing, praying, and both. And I said, you know what? Come, Ambaya, Ambaya. I'll praise the Lord and I'll pray, um, hoping that today morning God will come through for my throat. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 35 to 39. Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. Okay, I'm hoping we are there and I will read. Uh, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Verse 37, for still a little while, a very little while, and the coming one, will come, and he will not delay. But the just shall live by faith. Can we say that together? Together again. But the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, and holy father, born of faith, and conjoined with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. 
Verse 39 says that, um, but our way is not that of those who draw back to eternal misery, perdition, and are utterly destroyed. But we are of those who believe, who cleave to and trust in and rely on God through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and by faith preserve the soul. Praise the Lord. Uh, two more brief scriptures. Romans 1.17, and all the scriptures we may have had them more recently. Uh, Romans 1.17 says that, For in the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed through the way of faith that arouses to more faith. As it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. Amen. We shall repeat that last line. The man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. Amen. Just one more scripture. Habakkuk 2.4. And these are similar uh, scriptures and for emphasis. Look at the proud. His soul is not straight or right with him, but the rigidly just and the and the uncompromisingly righteous, uncompromisingly righteous man shall live by his faith and in his faithfulness. Amen. Hallelujah. I just hear the Lord telling us this morning that the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. I don't know why, but that is what I hear this morning. So Romans 1.17, um, scripture says that the just shall live by faith. And we know that Paul was... Uh, quoting the book of Habakkuk uh, when he was speaking. And, and in the book of Habakkuk, this scripture is a key. If you read through the, the entire chapters, you see this scripture coming out as one of those uh, key uh, scriptures. One more scripture is Romans 5.1. It says, therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So our justification, and, and, and I'm saying, I'm reading this because we have said the just shall live by, the just shall live by faith. And the first question that will come in your mind is, who are the just? Because do I qualify, do I not qualify? Before I say I must live by faith, am I among the just? And, and Romans 5.1 tells us that, uh, that we are justified through faith in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That, that is very, very, very key. It is uh, at the foundation of this all that our, our, our faith in Christ is what actually uh, justifies us. When we get born again, that is what we do. We hand over our lives to Jesus. And I pray even today as I share and you are here and you don't know the Lord as your Savior. As you listen to all these scriptures, uh, that the Lord, I pray, will use. You're thinking in your mind that I need the Lord because I need to be among the righteous, which is not by my own strength or my own power. I cannot earn it because Jesus died and I have taken him by faith. And so I am among um, the just. Praise the Lord. And so we have been declared um, righteous by God through Jesus. In the last few, probably three, four, five weeks, and I thank God for Papa, I think we began from surrendering, then we went to faith. When you follow that, God is actually building something. Sometimes you see this, the, 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 the theme changing, and you're like, okay, so now where are we going? But follow carefully. God is actually building, and, and God calls us to draw near. God calls us back, and you're seeing the prayer patterns that are coming in. God is actually building something, and purpose not to miss what God is doing. So we heard that faith comes by hearing, and hearing... And hearing, yes. So, as we are thinking about faith, we are thinking about the word of God. Praise the Lord. Pastor, I think Alozias last week, last weekend talked about the scriptures, the word of God. And this is a key foundation for us that we cannot go around or find an option for. As we share, you will um, hear this. The, the, the faith that comes to us through hearing the word of God is that which God is asking us to live and walk by. 
You know, this is also another very important uh, scripture that is foundational for us. Amen. I was just recently um, just listening to, I like to sometimes read through profiles of people and listen to um, their life stories to learn something from uh, what people have gone through. And I was, um, well, this was a very strange one. That was Martin Luther. A number of you know Martin Luther and the Reformation, uh, what we called the Protestant Reformation. Uh, many of us are here because someone decided to say, um, whatever happens, I am going to walk out and, and move according to the conviction that I have in my heart. Uh, Martin Luther, for those that may know, was a German priest, and he was a theologian. He was also very educated. He was, um, he was a professor uh, at... at um, Wittenberg University, and he used to um, lecture theology. And uh, the story goes that um, he was a very committed man, dedicated uh, to the teachings of the time uh, of the church at Rome. And uh, he was once uh, asked to visit Rome, uh, which was a great delight to his life. And he travels there in his heart. This is a pilgrimage. Amen. Sometimes we do things and we may have very different things we are thinking about. This week we've seen people going to Namgongo. But we know people go there for different reasons. There are those ones who go in their hearts, they're saying, I want to meet God. And there are those ones who go there and say, I want to eat meat. There are those ones who say, I want to make money. People go there for different reasons. And for you, why do you make the journey that you make? I pray it is through faith in the word of God and the rhema word of God upon your hearts. Amen. So he makes this journey to Rome. And he reaches there, and, and it was very interesting. When he saw Rome, because of the conviction he had in his heart about Rome, he prostrated. It was something so big for him that he prostrated. People don't just prostrate anyhow. You will not just find someone prostrating on the road for no reason. And it is because of what it meant to him at the time. And so he, he goes in, and uh, what he found there shocked him. Because he went there and said, this is the place where everything is happening. I'll find God here. I'll find what I've been looking for. Because he had a thirst. God has given us a thirst in our hearts. And sometimes we find ourselves looking for other alternatives. But until we find God, we will not find rest. Praise the Lord. You find your life is restless and you're asking yourself, what is it? And you try to do this and you try to get a job. You try to buy a new thing. You try to um, watch some TV. You try to do whatever you want to do. You go on social media. But until you find God, God is actually calling for you and asking for your life. Amen. So this was, I believe, what was in his heart. And uh, in one of those days, there was a staircase that was believed to um, the Romans believed that it was where Jesus had actually climbed when he was going to meet Pilate at the time before his crucifixion. And so they used to believe that when you go on that knee, on that staircase, and you move on your knees, there is a blessing that comes upon your life. So he said, let me do this. And it is said that as he was moving with his knee, on his knees, this scripture came to him, the just shall live by faith. And that is where all we hear about came from. Just that one scripture, the just shall live by faith. And he got up, he went back and started searching the scriptures. So what is this faith? Where does this faith come from? As he was doing that, he was looking through different things in the scripture. And God was beginning to inspire him. He cut short his trip to Rome. He said, what I'm looking for is not here. I've actually found what I'm looking for. I have found what I'm looking for. So he gets out of there and he goes back to the university and his teachings changed. That is where his problems began. Because he began to read the word. And that's why I say faith comes by hearing. People, let me tell you, you can wait until there is a reason, a forceful reason for you to check the word, thank God. But you can actually decide to hear and listen to the word of God. And the faith that you're looking for comes by hearing. So he goes back and he begins to teach differently, and he begins to talk about faith and grace, and it changed everything until he could no longer belong where he belonged. Amen. And he had to walk out, and I pray today that God will touch you with such a faith as you listen to his word that you can no longer sit down and be comfortable where you are seated, but you will rise up and say, God, I'm here. Let us walk this journey down and go where you lead. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so that, 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 for those who don't know, that is where um, the genesis of all this that we have been reading. I'll read another scripture. Hebrews uh, chapter 11, it says that now faith is assurance 
the confirmation, the title did, and, and thank you, Pastor Andrew, you took me back to reading, to searching for this when you mentioned it. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title did, of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Sometimes when you say faith is the assurance, Ruzungu, eh? Like, okay, it's the assurance, and then, and then what? You know, sometimes when you read a scripture, I think that's one thing I've learned. When I read a scripture, and it just passes through, and I get nothing, I'm like, ah, ah, there must be a reason these words were put here. And I need to go back and look at it. And so I start to search translations. And so I like this version that says, the title deed. The title deed. You know, if we are doing a transaction for a piece of land, I do not have to carry that land and bring it to you to say it is here, I own the land, is here. I have a deed that actually shows that I actually own that land. And the scripture says it is the title deed. It is that assurance um, of things uh, we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of the reality, faith perceived as real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. Amen. In creation, we see God beginning to do this as one of the first things. Because in creation, God speaks. God speaks. The reason why many people are like, okay, so God spoke. And all this came to be. All this, yes, God spoke. And it came to be. Um, verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 3 says, For by faith, trust, and holy favor, born of faith, the men of old, um, no, Verse 3 says, by faith, we understand that the worlds uh, during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose, all this package together, by the word of God, so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. So, ladies and gentlemen, where you stand, where you sit, what you hold, what you touch, was made visible, uh, possible by the word of God. Praise the Lord. It is how it came to be uh, at the time um, of creation. And so I say this, that uh, faith is not just a feeling. It's not a feeling. And sometimes we will see some scriptures that, that show you faith. I know sometimes when you have a conviction, the difference between a conviction and a feeling to you may not be easy to separate. And so some of these English words, sometimes I wish I could use. I, I love Luganda because Luganda has like 10 versions of each word. I wish I could say it in Luganda or some other language. But it is not just a, it is a conviction that comes that is based on the word of God. And that is why whenever you, you, you are doing something and you're not sure, ask yourself, what does the word of God say? What does the word of God say as a foundation to literally everything? You may say, what a, look, think about everything you can think about. What does the word of God say? So the word of God is foundational uh, in hearing from God, uh, believing and acting upon the belief. Amen. The word of God is foundational for this. So this scripture, you read it, it says the just shall live by faith. It sounds like a comment that was made. You could easily think um, it's just a comment that was made and said. And yes, I, I understand that uh, they just need to walk by faith. I believe it is a command. I believe it is a directive of the Lord for those who are just. Praise the Lord. I don't know if you see what I am seeing. But when it says the just shall live, the English word shall is must. <laughs> if, for those who did the English... The English word shall is must. When I'm writing a letter or an email to someone, I only use shall if you have no options. You shall do this. It is enforced. I am not requesting you to serve. They shall live by faith. So it is a directive from God. Amen. So I can clearly tell you that to not live by faith is actually challenging God. Praise the Lord. And you may ask me how. To not live by faith. I want you to know today to not live by faith is actually challenging God. It is challenging God's integrity, God's ability. It is what you actually challenge when you don't live by faith. Think about it. Why do we fail to live by faith? Why is it that the scripture 
we read, sometimes we cannot live by, by it. I don't know if I should whisper because I don't want this other ear of mine to hear when I'm saying it. Because we fear God might not do it. Praise the Lord. Because we fear God may not actually do what he says. When he says live by faith and you don't live by faith, you have got a fear. What does the Bible say? That you cannot do what? You cannot please God without fear. So in other words, without faith. In other words, when you have fear, you're doing what? English, just in plain English. You cannot please God without faith. So when you don't have faith, you're doing what? <laughs> you're displeasing God and you're fearing. But what actually is the reality in our hearts is that fear that this might actually not happen. That much as I have read the word of God, I, I, don't, I dare not say that God cannot do this. But I am thinking for some reason it may not work for me. But I'm trying to say maybe this is not about God, it's about me. But whatever way you think about it, it challenges um, the ability of God um, to do things in your life. And so I want to encourage us to think about this. The Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And where there is liberty, there is no fear. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There is no fear where there is um, liberty. Amen. I just want us to read from Hebrew 10, 35 to 39. It says, for since the law has, uh, since the law has merely a rude outline foreshadowing of the good things to come, For since the law has merely a rude outline foreshadowing, so Hebrews 10, 35 to 39 uh, for the projection. For since the law has merely a rude outline foreshadowing of the good things to come, instead of fully expressing those things um, to come, instead of fully expressing those things, it can never be offering the same sacrifice continually year after year. Make perfect those who approach its altars. Do not therefore fling away, verse 35. Um, do not therefore fling away for, do not fling away your fearless confidence. Do not cast away your fearless confidence. For it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance. Very critical. Need for steadfast, to be steadfast, continually sustained uh, patience and endurance. So that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. For still a little while, a very little while like we dread, and the coming one will come and he will not delay. But the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, and holy father born of faith and conjoined with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. But our way is not that of those, and this is an encouragement, our way is not that of those who draw back to eternity, misery, perdition, and are utterly destroyed, but of those who believe, who cleave to and trust and rely on God through Jesus Christ the Messiah, and by faith preserve the soul. Praise the Lord. So the Bible is telling us not to throw away endurance. When you hear about the word endurance, it talks about a journey. It talks about a journey. I don't need endurance to go here because I'll just go here. I need endurance to run around this church 50 times. If God says your next breakthrough is you are going to run around this church 50 times and when you finish you've got a breakthrough, I will need endurance to make that happen. And endurance uh, speaks to process. When you endure, you go through a process. Sometimes we read the scriptures and we read them really short. Our imagination is very short. Um, you read someone's life story and because they can't write, you know, he went to the kitchen and he came back and he opened the door. Because they don't do that and they just pick up key issues, key areas and points in their life. We think, oh, and he came here and he got a breakthrough. And he turned around and he got a double. And, you know, Job suffered a little while, and he turned around and he was given double. 
But the scripture talks about endurance. It talks about um, process, due process in our lives. And why am I saying this? Because sometimes we are discouraged and we let go because of that process of endurance. So God has told you something. God has said, this is going to come your way. This is what is going to happen. And, and because you have to start at a point to build, and, and sometimes, and as we've seen in the scripture, God will put you at a certain point and sometimes a distance away because he wants to build your resilience. So you don't have to go to that point again. You don't have to fear that again. The next time you come to meet that same thing, you have got something different for the kingdom. And I, I pray that, each one of us will not just merely try to dodge the things that come in our life. But when you are challenged by a situation in your life to ask God what he is saying. And sometimes you can find yourself, I bind, I break, I lose, I cast these ends. And God is saying, man, let me wait for you to finish. Please walk. Walk. I am with you. You know, he said I'm with you to watch you accomplish this. He's saying, please walk through this um, journey. Uh, I read again verse 36 says, for you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away what is promised. So God has promised you something, but you need that endurance to walk and we'll be praying about that at the end of this uh, message. It talks about a walk and a walk is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. If you have got a goal and a purpose, you have need to stick to that purpose. Pastor uh, Andrew was saying uh, just a few minutes ago that for you who have been, who are not uh, ministers, and I pray, we have so many people here. My cry, I've always cried, that there are so many laborers here. The work is a lot. I pray that you will come up, you will come from sitting down. We don't know you. If you need to tell me, tell me. If God leads me to you, I will come to you and ask you, please don't sit down. Don't sit down so that uh, Pastor Ruth has got to first lead the praise, then preach and take the offertory and what, and then go for the outreach. And God has gifted you with, the, uh, with, the, with something special for reaching out to people. Amen. That is on the side, but that is on my heart. I cry to God for laborers every day. I pray and believe that there are ministers from the front to the back. May God show you where to go. Amen. So it is a walk. It is a journey. It is a journey. And... Uh, because it is a journey, you, you, you need to, to have that kind of lifestyle. And I was, um, before I left off, I was talking about when Pastor said, so for those who have been going with us and you're not a minister, continue. Please take that seriously. Journey. God has started something. You know, sometimes you get shocked. So God tells you, go and read the book of Ezekiel. You open the first page and you're like, eh, this book. These things are like from the sky, those ends. And you stop. And God is preparing you for something that is coming, that is going to need these scriptures, that is going to need revelation from this scripture. And you stopped. You reach halfway and things are not moving. Then one day probably in a, in a, in a, in a, in a sermon here, Papa says something, a scripture from Ezekiel. I'm like, that is what I needed. That is what I needed. Then you remember, hey, I was supposed to read that book. Amen. So God is preparing us. When God tells you, start to read this. Don't ask him, so God, why? What is coming? You know? We, 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 sometimes, especially the educated people, we, we want evidence. Eh? We want evidence. Eh? We do research. Uh, patience is like the queen of evidence. She does research. Evidence, everything, evidence. Uh, the, in God, we trust for you. We want data. We want evidence. Eh? So you want evidence about everything. But God is saying, they just shall do what? Hey, by faith, they shall live by faith. And so God is calling us in this journey to walk. And one of the critical things I must mention, and we'll see some of the men of God are that the Bible lists, obedience is key. Obedience. Obedience when you don't understand. Obedience when it's tough. Obedience when it's difficult. Obedience when it's inconveniencing. Have you ever been inconvenienced? On Friday, I saw something special happen here when we were doing praise. In the last session, we praised and went into praise and praise and praise until we walked out of the place of convenience. I don't know how many of you remember when people are feeling tired and we are hoping, oh God, Dokas, are you finishing? And she's like, next song, 
Next song, we moved out of the land at the place of our convenience. We started to sing. We carried ourselves and sang and praised. Started to give a sacrifice of praise, a actual sacrifice of praise. But you know what happened? That After that, we broke out to the place where it was difficult to stop us. It was actually difficult to say stop. I, I, I was glad I was not the one supposed to end a session that it was Pastor Andrew and I said I wish him the best as he stops this service because the last time he told me to do this, I had a very terrible time here trying to stop people from praising God. So we came to the place of convenience. We enjoyed, we danced until the legs were beginning to get tired and the hands could no longer go up. And the choir people had lost their voices, like half of them had no voice. I actually thought I would not be able to, to speak here today. Amen. I bless the Lord that I'm speaking. And then we went inconvenience. We said a sacrifice of praise. I said I'm going to give my everything here. And then we broke through to the place of liberty, of freedom, of grace. Amen. And so sometimes you are afraid to move through that place of inconvenience, that place of sacrifice. Hmm? That song says, well, this is my sacrifice. My worship is my sacrifice, my praise. We are fearful of going through that, but we don't know what is coming next. It's a breakthrough into the place that opens you up to the promises of God. Praise the Lord. And I pray that we shall not shy away uh, from the things that break us through. So God is in, the, is, is, is in the habit of putting you in places where he trains you, he equips you, and takes you uh, to a place uh, where you uh, can be able to fulfill his purpose. In a minute or two, just to share my, my experience, God, God has been amazing. I use the word amazing, but God has challenged my life sometimes in very extreme ways. I am too humbled by what God does to challenge my life. I, I was just thinking as I was reading this through my life. I, I, I remember the time when I got born again. I got born again in my P7, another testimony. But I was in the fellowship, and those who don't know me, you see me in front here. But naturally, I would love to backbench. <laughs> But God just keeps kicking me out and saying, you go, get out there. And God likes deep ending me, takes, you to, takes me to the pool and puts me where my feet can't touch down. And if I don't learn to do this, I'm going to drink water and have got to try to do this. I'm like, God, how do we do this? Flap your hands or you're going to drink water. But I'm here, I'm holding you. And I'm fearing to put my feet down because I will drink water and I don't know how to close my mouth. And so I remember at a time uh, when uh, Pastor Patrick, they had left in a school which was very tight, being born again. And um, there I'm like, hmm, I will still have leaders ahead. There I am here, I'm safe. And so some group of leaders, unfortunately, were sent away. And I was fronted. I was told, now you are at the front. I said, Katonda Wange. This is why you must allow God to equip you. Read those scriptures, pray. For, wake up at 4.30 even when you're not a, a minister. Pray. Because the day is going to come and God is going to kick you to the front and then you will see what happens. And I was in the front and I tell you the things I did, I don't know if I can do them today. It's like I was in a very deep end. I would wake up in the night. It was illegal to play, pray in the school. So I would go to the pitch between the rugby and the football pitch where the grass is high and nobody can see me. And I would go right in the middle and push grass down and sit there and kneel and pray. I say, God, you've got to come through. I don't even know what this is. I don't know what these people want in me. I am not so sure I am their candidate. And I met God in that grass. I, today you tell me to go there, the first thing I'll think about is probably a snake. It is a snake. But I prayed and God kept me in that grass. I saw things in that bush. Amen. So do not fear to fight those bears while you are alone. And God did wonderful things. God gave me wisdom to, to lead those people. God would take me to scriptures. I started saying, oh my God, crash program on the scriptures. I need to catch up, but the Bible is so big. Can I just open my head and put it in? But I've got to read it. You know? And, and God was so gracious. I, I, I remember I would spend a lot of time in the headmaster's office. Every time they would catch a believer, they would say, the leader, come. And so every time they would catch a believer, you know, sometimes, you know, wisdom. So it's prep time and they are having a prayer meeting. And I'm like, this is time for Caesar. Go to class. After prep, you can pray all you want up to morning. There is grass there. There is all these places. So whenever, whenever they would get them, I would be called to the master's office. And the first thing I was instructed to do when I reached the office was to kneel down. So when I would reach there, before even they ask me, I would be on my knees. And I'm like, what is it this time? But I'd, I'd, I had learned, God had taught me things. You know, God gives you wisdom. God had taught me to memorize the school regulations. I knew them offhand. 
And so the moment you begin to accuse, I would look down like this and say, sir, sir that, is, that does not break the school regulations. He would look at me like this. He looks, he says, you're right. So in my heart, I'm like, so what is the case? He would say, get out of here. And I would go away. Then another day, they would call me. The prefect would come and say, headmaster needs you. I'm like, then I go back. First thing on your knees. And then I'm waiting for the judgment. And God always found a way out for me. We found you with Bibles. What? And I'm like, sir, we were asked to bring Bibles when we came to this school as a requirement. So we are reading them. We're actually reading them. And God gives you grace to do things you thought you can't do. Fast forward, university. We were there with, with, with Pastor Ruth. And God speaks. Listen to God, people. Listen to God. God speaks. It is not a myth. It is not some strange thing people say here when they're trying to sound spiritual. But it is a journey. Remember the walk, the just shall live uh, by faith. It is a walk. It is a walk and God begins to teach. He says, my children, they know my voice. God begins to take you through that journey of hearing his voice. And so I am here. I'm in university. There's a place we used to pray, uh, the colonnade. It is a corridor down above where we used to cut the cadavers, the dead bodies. It was a nice place because people did not like that corridor. So you find time to pray. There are dead bodies. Who goes to pray under there? So for us, believers would go there and pray. And so I'm here, I'm praying, and I'm interceding for my family. I'm praying for my family. I'm in other things, and then I get interrupted. Has God ever interrupted your prayer? It happens to me a few times, and then I question what I was doing. And God interrupted my prayer and says, you'll be taking over. You'll be taking over the music team. I stopped, and usually when, when I don't understand what God is saying, what is ridiculous, I, instead of saying, telling God, really? Are you sure? Because he's God, he's sure. I'm sure he is sure. I say, Wanji, what is that? So I stopped praying and I looked around and there was no one. My prayer ended. I said, God, I thank you for this day. I surrendered to you and I walked away. I went to class and I was like, what was that? Now God knows what is going to happen to me in the next few days. So we're having a leaders meeting um, in, in, in that same place. And after the leaders meeting, uh, Simon who was our papa, just comes to me and moves close to my ear like this. And he says, um, prepare to take over the choir next week. And then, you know, he turned and looked at me and he said, you know what I'm talking about. I could not go to class that day. I was like, okay, God, if this is how you're beginning to do things. And he just looked at me and told me, you know what I'm talking about. I said, what's up with this man? But God carries you through that. And why, why was I thinking it's ridiculous? You know, we had seniors. We had gifted musicians. Me, I was here. I used to play my guitar in my room. You must fight the bears. I would be in my room. I would go to the colonnade with uh, Dennis Akachimpa and would spend great times there worshiping alone. And we we're thinking this is for us and God. And God is building you. And God just throws me at the front. At the choir, those who remember, I was a backbencher. I would go behind and my mouth would only open to sing tenor. And as soon as tenor is not required anymore, I am out of the place. That was me. So I didn't even know the members of this team I'm supposed to lead. We had leaders, you know, a lady who can sing all voices, including bass. And she tells you that is not bass. A lady, this is how it sounds. After doing the high soprano, like, what is in this woman's throat? So I am, God is telling me I'm going to lead this kind of people, and I don't know where to come from. It's, it's just looking scary. But what God goes do? Another deep end situation. My feet are flapping down there. I'm like, God, if you don't show up, this is on you. Me, I have nothing. These people even don't know me. I have nothing to lose. You had better show up here. And God is faithful. God is faithful. We had a task. We were supposed to do the album. Year after year, they were saying, these people are supposed to record an album. Supposed to record an album. And I'm saying this to just, I hope God is building your faith, making you think through all the things that you have left. And I have no experience. But God makes a way. God gets us one of the best producers in the country. I don't even know how I met Victor. And he comes and he tells me, I will do this at no cost. I will do this at no cost. I will charge you nothing. Just get me a place to sleep. I'm like, is this a human being or an angel? And we, are hosting, we come to record and Papa hosts us at Patmos here. We had nowhere to stay. I thank God for Papa. We were hosted at Patmos here as we recorded that album that changed things up to today. But where did that all come from? It's not because I could. It was God. 
Why am I saying all these things? When you find yourself in that deep end situation, turn to God. When your faith is challenged, turn, turn, turn to the author and finisher of your faith. That is Jesus. Go back to Jesus and say, I do not know what to do. Such is word. What does your word say? And, and, and ask God. And finally, just the last bit. So every bit. Now I leave, I leave school and I go to to work in Kabbalah and I join ministry and I'm happy. I am one of those people, God have mercy. Be. Sometimes I think I'm going to drown. And God, um, one day we are having an annual conference and I'm working. That day I could not come and someone calls me and says, you are needed here on the pulpit. I'm like, ha, ah, what now? You need it. I said, I have a small break, tea break. I am coming. Let them give me 10, 15 minutes. And as soon as I show up, they usher me to the pulpit with a group of four other men and women of God. And I'm like, okay. I turn and look at my pastor. I had a way of telling him what is coming. I looked at him and he smiled back at me. And he turned and said, so this is the team that is going to establish the radio station for us. They're going to build us a powerful double-storied building, put up a station, get us frequency. And I'm like, I don't even know how radios run. And, and the chairperson is here, Dr. Lima, come. And I'm looking at me, I guess he's smiling. Then I just, and you know, it's good to have a relationship. I had a relationship with my pastor. So whenever he would throw me in the deep end, I would be like, I would give him a call and say, it's okay, let's go for it. If you say so, let's go. If you say so, let's go. I trust God is speaking to the man of God. Let's listen to the man of God when he gives us direction. He spends time with God when you're there driving, doing other things. He is waiting on God. He comes and gives instruction and you think you must know everything. No. I have learned that in my life. So I said, we go. We go. Oh my God, I didn't know that getting frequencies is like climbing mountains. You'd rather climb mountains ten times. It is so difficult until someone's like, God, we're moving in circles. What do I do? What do I do? And God brings me someone, a lady from UCC. I'll not mention her name. I don't know what happened one day. God just tells me, get up from Kavali, go to Kampala. So they asked me, what are you going to do next? I told the meeting, I'm going to Kampala. I'm going to get us the frequency. And they're like, where? Two months down the road. Actually, two years. Let me be honest. Journeys, people. Two years. Trying and nothing is happening. Meanwhile, we have started construction. But we don't know where to get the frequency. God has provided equipment. And I remember going to that office that day. I was supposed to see a gentleman. I start walking just aimlessly in the corridor. And I mean, this lady asks me, what do you want? And I tell her my story of how I've met corn men and people. She says, no, 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 this is very easy. Come, come to my desk. I thank God for people of integrity like that. She told me, feel this, feel this, do this, do this, feel this, feel this, feel this. Send it to me on email. Three weeks, I had a frequency. It was, it was so unbelievable that people thought, first bring us the paper before we believe. But why am I saying all these things? Your life is a journey of faith. In all those things, there's nothing about my ability. You are like, like you've had. It's nothing about my experience. But today, if you tell us we want to record an album, my God will have raised my faith to a place where I'm not afraid to record albums. If you tell me we want to do it, God will have raised my faith just like David fought the bears. Do you people know how bears look like? Have you ever really seen a bear? Oh, he fought bears, now he fought Goliath. It is not that easy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I just want to, to encourage us that a God... Um, God works in our lives in amazing ways if we shall let him to do so. Isaiah, um, in Isaiah's first Kings, um, first book of Kings, uh, uh, chapter 18, verse 25 to 38, quickly we see, and I will not open there, we see uh, Isaiah um, confronting um, the, the, the prophets of Baal and with so much confidence and uh, Elijah, not Isaiah. Did I, say, did I say Isaiah? Elijah, sorry. Elijah, thank you. So you see him confronting, confronting the prophets of Baal with so much confidence. The Bible says he even sneered at them. He, he had gone to that, that was the place where he was, a place of his comfort. And after they have cut themselves and whipped themselves, he even pours water. Don't think he was doing that with his mind. That is the level he had walked with God that he was confident to say, bring water, pour more, pour more, pour more. And he calls on his father and the fire comes. It is a place, a journey that he had taken with God and that's why we should not fear to take this journey with God. And a little while later in chapter 19, you seem the same man of God now running. Jezebel is on his case. I am going to behead you. Huh? 
What am I saying? Today you may break through and you think, I am done. I have arrived. Eh? And tomorrow Jezebel shows up. And you, that man, the Bible, my scripture, my Bible tells me 80 miles. You people, do you know 80 miles? Which kind of fear can make you run 80 miles? Is it in a day? What, what was that? Was he running on a chariot or on feet? Maybe he had a faith to run on chariots, but not the faith to face this woman. But we don't know how he did that. 80 miles is quite a distance. He runs and he goes, and God comes through for him. Again, praise the Lord. God comes through for him after they have sent and they want to behead him. And God comforts him. And God gets an angel to give him what to eat. The journey is long and God leads him. And, and, and we see God coming for, me, for him. Do you know why I'm saying that? I say that because in your journey of faith, you will have those moments of fleeing 80 kilometers. But I want you to look, look up to God. When, that, when your faith is challenged, look up to God. Look up to God and, and, and God will show you uh, to, uh, where to go. Amen. I will not go so much into this, but I will just open up a few scriptures. Uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 11 verse 1 to 32, so we will not open. It's a wide area. It, it talks about the men and women of faith. A list of people that have been put on the dashboard of people, men and women of faith. You read them there and you're like, wow. Quite an achievement. Quite an achievement. Praise the Lord. But when you go to look at the lives of these men and women, what do you see? You see different kind of people. I, I, I was more interested, if you look at this Abraham, we hear all these wonderful stories. But we also see people like Moses who are fearful. Moses, if you remember Moses when they were sending him, he was fearful. And that's why I say faith is not, it's not really the absence of fear, people. When you feel your legs are getting jittery, move on the conviction that God has placed upon your heart and not the fear. And so I usually tell people, I am, I am not afraid to tell someone this is a frightful moment, even when I'm running towards it. It is a frightful moment. And so Moses does that. Gideon, who had a small impression about himself, I am the smallest in a family of the smallest, same thing. We even see God listing here people who we thought would not appear on this list. Every time we talk about Sarah, we remember the lack of faith, isn't it? But she's listed here. Why is Sarah listed here? It shows you that God does not think the way we do. Rahab, a prostitute, is on this list. So you may be there and you think, people, this is how people think about me. I can't manage Simalako. I can't handle that is what those people say. God has a very different report about you. Praise the Lord. And I pray that God will raise our faith like these men and women uh, such that we are looking up at him. So hearing from God directly, the one common thing about these people is that God spoke to them, either through another man or through himself directly to them. Very, very critical as we say we shall walk uh, by faith. And I already mentioned that without faith, we cannot please God. These people actually pleased God. And the Bible says that by faith, they obtained a good report. Hebrews 11.2. They obtained a good report by faith. Praise the Lord. Why have I said all these things? Because is God, God is calling you to walk by faith. There is a place that God has cut out for each one of us. There is a role. There is a position. There is something that God wants us to do. And he has cut out a place for you. And God is asking you to stand up. Whether people count you, whether I don't see you, whether I look through you, I look through you and I'm looking at the person behind you. Forget about that. God is calling on you. And everybody, when, when, God, when it comes to God calling the lives of people, there are no special people and other people that have nothing in their life. So there, those people, I usually tell the, 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 the music team that you are all important to, to me and to God. All of you, there is no one who is who's, who's not useful. And there is, the, the thing is, we need to find that which God has put you here for. So the Bible commands us um, that have been made righteous through faith in Jesus um, to live by faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. As I finish. And I said again that it is a lifestyle of obedience to the word of God. A lifestyle of obedience to the word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I say that even, we see that even when man disqualifies you, God's view for those that were just and surrendered still remains for you. Even if I don't qualify you, 
It is God's view that actually matters about this. And so when your faith is challenged, when your faith is challenged, go back to the author and the finish of our faith. Hebrew 12, 2. Go back to the author and finish of our faith and inquire and talk to him and read his word. Searching the word is very important for us as a routine so that we know this. And, and by this, our faith shall be built. Amen. Let us stand up. I, 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 I pray that God will speak to us as individuals. He says that do not fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. Amen. Think through your walk of faith at this moment. Think through the things that you have dumped, the things that God has called you to, that you no longer even know your bearings over. I pray that at this moment, those are the things that we are going to bring back to God. And I want to ask us to begin to open our voice and talk to God. Lift up your voice and, and surrender your life afresh. The walks, the things that God has asked you, the things God has asked you to do in the night, the things that God has asked you to, to accomplish, to walk through. Let's surrender these things back to God. Let's request for that steadfast, patience, and endurance that we may perform the will of God. That endurance that goes beyond the meeting that we have here, that goes beyond the time that you're together encouraging yourself, that work that you do alone, um, that others may not even understand, the price that you, you feel you're having to pay to accomplish the things that God has blessed upon your life, that you may receive the promise of God. Let's just lift our voices. Let's lift our voices to God. You don't have to be loud, but just talk to God. Open up your hearts and... And just ask him to, to take you back to that place, to, to the crossroads, to the place where you departed from the journey that he placed from you, that you departed from the purpose of God in your life, that you feared that you did less and provided less of what God had asked you to provide more. Let's ask God to just begin to lift our hearts. I pray that God will restore that hope through faith in your heart this morning and take you back to that place where you rise up and stand again and begin to walk. That God will restore those broken visions, those, those destinies that seemed to have derailed. That God will restore them. Just lift up your hands unto the Lord and just begin to call upon him. And Father, may you restore our children, O oh God. May you restore us back to you. May you take us back to the place of promise, to the place that you have called us to, O oh God. Speak to us once again, O oh God. Speak to our hearts, O oh God. Restore us back to you, O oh God. The words that you have spoken in our lives through your word, Rema words through men of God, Lord, directions through our leaders, O oh God, things that you have imparted, Lord, O oh God, that I may walk, that we may walk, Father, Lord, O oh God, to the place of promise. This day, Lord, restore our faith against the storms that come away, O oh God, against the storms that hold us back, Lord, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts, Lord, right now, we pray. Such as reveal into our hearts, Lord. Restore that perseverance and endurance to walk the journey, to walk a daily lifestyle of faith in you, in your word, Lord, to us, O King of glory. We thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We give you honor and praise. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we pray upon this word because we know your word tells us that you'll watch over it. You'll watch over your holy scripture, over your word. Father, that you will accomplish this word. 
that it shall not return to you void. May that seed that has been planted in the hearts of your children bear fruit. May it bear fruit, O oh God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give a mighty hand clap and to the Lord. Because he's good. Because he's wonderful. And as the ushers um, bring the Holy Communion, we can remain standing as the ashes come through and uh, <clears throat> the Holy Communion. Holy Communion, for those who may not understand why we do this, it is a symbolic way of showing that we belong to Jesus and remembering what happened at the cross. Um, when Jesus gave his life, was nailed on the cross for us, shed blood for us. I pray that our faith in this powerful, powerful thing that God, that Jesus asked us to do, will be restored this day. Communion also speaks of our intimacy and fellowship with God. It is not just something we do here, but you're going back to that place where your relationship at the cross began. And it speaks to that intimacy and that relationship um, that we have with God. And as Jesus promised us eternal death, um, uh, to spare us from eternal death and give us eternal life, uh, we do this and we believe that his blood that is shed upon, that was shed on the cross for us, will carry us, will take us, will we'll seal us, will cover us, will protect us. For those that are feeling unwell, those that are feeling ill, the blood of Jesus over our lives this morning. Amen. So the scripture says that, uh, and he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As you do this, remember, remember those hands through which the nails went through for my sake. That when I was lost, while no one knew or bothered or cared about me, Jesus took those nails at the cross. God, our God, Jesus took those nails for us. So he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We remember you, Father. We remember the cross and your blood that you shed for us. You can take the bread. The same scripture continues to say that in the same way. After the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant, the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And sometimes we can think it's easy, but to be nailed and to have the blood of our God poured, nailed by those that he created. Father, we thank you. That in obedience you died for me, you died for us here. You were nailed and your blood through which a covenant was made for us, Lord, was shed. And today I live with hope and faith in you because of that day. We thank you, Jesus. We bless you. As we partake of the blood, may the blood of Jesus wash over our lives. You can take over the you can take the blood. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood. We thank you that you died for us. We are grateful that you picked us from all walks of life and you have drawn us back to you as a family. We thank you for the covenant with which we stick and cling on, Father. 
which is our assurance, Lord of oh God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for salvation. We thank you, Father, Lord of oh God, that you made us righteous. You justified us. And it is because of this that we walk in faith, knowing that, Lord, you will never leave us, Lord. We thank you and we bless you. We give you honor and praise, Father, for your goodness. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Let us give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Amen.